0: we have a thirst for fuel and a need for speed it's the pod boys i'm matisse van Rossum, but you can call me bubba <laughs> i'm going maximum
1: overdrive i'm ben sheets
2: well get on that there with the depot we're gonna get them trucks down hey fuel them up you them up hi i'm cleveland mosier
0: Man, I thought for sure one of y'all was gonna use the return of the Mac, and that's why I didn't uh, say it. I didn't, didn't want to steal it The return it from of the me. Mac truck? <laughs> the return of the Mac truck. But we out here, and we are on wild amounts of cocaine today. Oh, yeah. Yeah.
2: We're, uh, we just did our last rail, and we're ready to...
0: Just snorted, about this movie. A, snorted a whole mountain like Tony Montana and we've sat down and watched Stephen King's magnum opus <laughs>
2: Maximum Overdrive His Maximum Opus Sir yes. Drive. His, his Maximum Oprah is
1: his visual cocaine so to say. <laughs> the only
0: film ever directed by Stephen King in 1986. Oh boy, this movie was a lot of and, fun. Yeah. <laughs>
1: well, okay, I, last episode we we previewed this a little bit and I said much like Charles Lawton, he he was one and done because yeah. How do you top this? How do you top this? <laughs> you know, like, I, I want to preface this whole review by saying, I think this is a bad movie, but it's a hell of a fun movie. Yeah,
2: this is for sure one of those So Bad It's Good movies. Absolutely. I had a great time watching this. While we're mentioning our prefacing from last time, it also ended with you saying that you had picked Maximum Overdrive as your choice and me swearing at you loudly. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, And I want to give some backstory behind that before we dive into the subtlety and the delightful nuances of this movie. (laughs) Uh, But I actually read the short story that Maximum Overdrive was based on way back in high school, you know, decade... Plus ago, and uh, loved it. It's called. It's. I think it's in his graveyard shift book. Uh, I believe it's titled simply Trucks, and it's great for very different reasons. Um, okay, and it brought a lot back while I was watching this. But after I read it, I heard later on. I didn't even realize that Stephen King himself had adapted it into a movie. And I looked it up, and the articles I found all said that it was Stephen King's only movie because the film was so bad, you know, he just refused to make any films afterwards. So I just got it imprinted in my mind. It's like, okay, I liked the short story a lot, but clearly the adaptation is bad and never bothered to watch it. I'm so glad I did. (laughs) (laughs) I'm so
1: glad you picked this movie, Ben. that's the thing. So Stephen King was at his he calls it his rock bottom you know he was at the peak of his alcoholism and cocaine addiction and woo boy does the cocaine addiction show oh yeah absolutely like Like, this is everything is turned up to a hundred fifty with this one yeah
0: yeah, and like seemingly important things are completely glazed over in like a sort of hyperactive mania. Uh, it's it's awesome. I like a lot of my favorite Stephen King books are from his so-called rock bottom phase, the late 70s up through the mid 80s. Uh, They're
2: largely his bestsellers too.
0: They are stuff like uh, It and pet cemetery and i think the stand the stand might be, might have been uh, on the end of that but uh, i mean he was working on the dark tower through some of that i think cocaine stephen king is great not everything not every idea that he has in his books lands like some of it is obviously uh, just sheer manic energy just on the page but i think he's pretty good However, that being said, this movie completely lacks the nuance of a lot of his writing from
2: this period. (laughs) And the funniest thing to me was that the short story does a good job with that. I'm sure it does. That's, if I'd watched this film without knowing that it was directed by Stephen King, I would be furious at the director for so like poorly adapting this one. <laughs> but it's the guy who made it. Like, yeah, it's amazing. I, and, and I, I do love that, too. Like that, it's uh, he, he just decided to completely scrap the style of the story, which is taken much more seriously. It's, I'll dive he, into that He more, turns but. it into 80s schlock. Yeah, oh, yeah, so
1: just to summarize the movie really quick, uh, the idea is Earth gets in the trailer, of a comet and it turns all electronics it gives them a mind of their own and makes them attack humans. And,
2: of course, all of this is in the opening title card. Yes. well, over the face of Earth. Yes, right. we get a really cheesy shot of... It's a still that's, like, really poorly imposed. Like, the the flatness of the Earth is, like, a little warped. You can just tell it's, like, an image that they're filming. I just love... Co-queous honestly, shit. for this
0: kind of movie, give me that title card at the beginning, give me the setup I need, and jump right in, and that's exactly what they do. Yeah. I would not have wanted a slow build in this movie. I agree. Like, once we get to... Wait, we get to Earth, we get a title card that gives our location, which is Wilmington, North Carolina, about two hours from where we are now. Shout out to Wilmington. Uh, sh- shout out NC. We see Stephen King himself in a little cameo as a man walking up to a bank, and the the <laughs> teleprompter thing above the bank, uh, I forget what those things are called exactly, uh, it just keeps flashing fuck you, fuck you, fuck <laughs> you, and then he puts his card into the ATM, and the ATM just says, you're an asshole. <laughs> (laughs) And it just is an asshole, 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 (laughs) asshole. It's like, hey, honey, this ATM just called me an asshole. (laughs) I thought that was the perfect way to start this movie. I think for this type of movie, like, it doesn't feel like it was made with... Uh, an intent to, like, make a really great film. Like, I think Stephen King was very comfortable just, like, snorting crazy lines and just, like, getting out there and just doing fun shit.
1: Well, that's the thing. This movie hits the perfect balance of being schlocky as shit and leaning into it schlock, but without being super self-aware.
0: Yeah, mm-hmm. I think there is a plenty of a degree of self-awareness, but it the the movie isn't like nodding to that. Yeah, it's, not-
2: it's conveniently self-aware where it's good to be like yeah. Where it's yeah. funny. Yeah, it, it knows like when to deliver like big punches to, you know, to keep the laughs rolling. But half the time there's no way a, a rational mind like was fucking like editing absolutely not like some but they, of the they're dialogue they're never winking and nodding to the camera
1: no right, thank like god that. for you it you know like they're not being
2: super self aware
1: some of the stuff is pacing wise very self aware like yeah jesus I, I, yeah
2: the film gives no and when you say no setup like it doesn't just like start with everything right off the gate we get no character building at all in this film it's just archetypes are presented and immediately either killed off or not and then it cuts to another scene that's true and like yeah. it just there's no clean cut pacing between scenes we're just on to the next thing there's there's seriously one sequence where a character uh, like the the love interest walks up to the main character and just says okay and then it cuts to another <laughs> scene yeah, 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 yeah. that's it she just says okay
1: <laughs> so just, it's, like, it's okay. absolute it just manic parallel action weird editing choices yeah, yeah like,
2: like other people were having dialogue in a different scene it just cuts to that okay and then it goes to something else they were somewhere, like what? For like the first
0: half of the movie, it does that thing, it does in a lot of disaster movies where you have like separate groups of characters that are eventually all brought together in a single location but the way the the film is edited, so there's, messy. there's no sort, there's no kind of coherent transitions from one group of people to the next it's just all hard cuts it, at times where it's like there shouldn't be a cut, you're just jumping around so much until finally everybody does get together. And honestly, that's when I thought the movie got kind of boring.
2: Yeah. I agree. I agree. Here's the thing. Um, Like, uh, with that sort of film, one of the things that makes that uniting of characters interesting is how they interact with each other. Right. You know, you get to know X characters, and then when you see different characters meet... You think, oh, how are they going to interact? You know, like, how is that Petri dish experiment going to go? Here, the characters are so flat that uh, whoever is in what scene ha- dead doesn't mean anything. Well, what
0: you, exactly. What it feels like is that every time something narratively needs to be done, it's like they just pick characters at random from the batch they have. There's no, like, linking chemistry with any of the characters. I mean, you have the married couple who kind of have something, I guess, but then you have Emilio Estevez and the love interest drifter chick who have never met before. They come together and they just immediately are like a couple now. Yeah. Like there's, there's no,
2: there's no sort of like actual chemistry between them. It's like, and it's like at a small town truck stop. So when she comes up to him and starts talking to him, I'm like, Oh, I guess they know each other. Like I even said that. I was like, like, "Do they? Are they?" And then they imply, like later on in the scene, that they don't. And I was like, "Why did you call him hero? He hasn't done anything." What? What is going you know on? What this,
0: you know what this movie is in every way? It is a a child, uh, like a four or five year old, like playing with their toys. Mm-hmm. Everything in the movie is is constructed that way. Like with those characters, like, oh, here's Barbie and Ken smash together. Yeah. You know? <laughs> um, true. Uh, so every true. everything is like build up uh some set with your toy blocks, and then take your, your plastic Mack truck and smash. Smash it into it. You know, like everything that happens oh, in man. the movie is that. But and I the love that. set it.
1: pieces are so much fun. The stunts I, are incredible. I, I want to talk about one of my all time favorite sequences from this movie, and that's the vending machine. With oh, the I loved that. <laughs> so, oh my God. Uh, the kids in the little league team just won their game. So the coach goes to buy them all sodas, soda and it pops. just starts shooting soda cans at him hits him in the nuts and then ends up hitting him in the face and just brutally killing him. Well, right, him. That's, the,
0: that's the thing. It starts out as, like, a, a pretty classic slapstick gag yeah. where the the vending machine hits him in the balls and he, you know, falls to his knees and then it, like, fires and hits him in the head. But the thing is, where it differs from slapstick comedies is, is that it keeps hitting him in the head. <laughs> it keeps firing soda cans at him until his head has, like, a, a bloody crater in it. Well, like, on top of that it
1: starts shooting at all the little league kids as well oh, that's the, the funniest so. shit and
0: the one kid who's like ends up being one of the quote unquote protagonists like he he takes his uh, his uh, catcher's mask and uses it to cover his face so he's protected to try to get to his coach. Which well, is like entrenched warfare Like and he's like, like, like crawling. I thought that was head. great that was and awesome. then he gets up and runs but my favorite part about that is that there's just a couple of kids just like lying on the ground <laughs> Like yards away, like they would not have been incapacitated well, by their Sonic. Even
1: before Stephen King gives us time to process that, we have one kid running in the outfield and a fucking uh Steamroller, steamroller comes
2: through and just runs and, him over. Like and this pulps him and we see it too. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like I, I feel I feel Child like Child death in the first fifteen minutes of the movie. Like the prompter at the top of the bank that says fuck you at the beginning of the movie should have just said don't think about it.
0: <laughs> I mean, it basically is. like yeah. The first thing you see in the movie is just be like, fuck you, you're an asshole. It's like, If you try to come into this movie critically and, and analyze it, you're going to have a bad time. Fuck you, asshole. Yeah. I, there was, I think it's a great yeah. tone to uh, set for the movie. It yeah, got, I can, me, I can see it got me in the perfect headspace for it. Like, It got me like, this is a movie that I need to just be having fun with yeah. and don't need to try to analyze like what makes it good or bad. And I can know?
2: see why it pissed a lot of people off. You know, Because they're going in expecting Stephen King who is like known for nuance and subtlety and, like and horror, established themes yeah. and actually yeah setting the tone for horror and atmosphere and he clearly didn't want to do that with this movie <laughs> and, I, and I respect that a lot you know honestly I respect it too the what, one of the things I find so
0: strange about Stephen King is that I would say more than half of the adaptations of his works are bad films There's definitely more bad ones than good ones. But the only one that Stephen King himself personally
1: disdains is The Shining,
0: which is one of the best. (laughs)
1: Yeah. It's so funny to me that he said that like in eighty, yeah, right about The Shining, and, and then, then he went on to make. A few this. few years movie, later, he right. makes this one, and maybe that's maybe
0: there was something about that that made him decide to not make movies anymore. Like, man, I talk shit on The Shining, and then I made this. <laughs> Fuck, I can't do this anymore. <laughs> uh, maybe that has something to do with it. And I won't go into The Shining too much because we'll we'll do an episode on that, and I, I have thoughts on why Stephen King doesn't like the film adaptation and why i think it's a i think he's justified not liking it even though it is a great film but it's it's so fucking funny to me that like the vast amount of trash stephen king adaptations he doesn't have a problem with like he doesn't talk shit about it's just like fuck the shining
2: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, just to uh, give a, a nice broad stroke of the film, the majority of it takes place at the truck stop, mm-hmm. and yes. you know all sorts of crazy action ensues as all of the inanimate objects try and kill the people, particularly the automobiles.
1: Not the automobiles, the the trucks specifically, yeah. the eighteen wheelers. You mentioned earlier that the movie kind of gets a little boring and slows down at that point. I will say, in defense of it, they do do a decent job of giving us some good set pieces every, like, 15, yes, that's 10, 15, 20 minutes. That's the point that I was going to make qualifying that, because I do think it gets
0: boring, but it never stays boring long enough to really drag. Every time I'm starting to get like, oh my god, please give me something, anything, then it will do something fun. Yeah. yeah. I, I, think it, I think it does suffer a lot in, in those segments, like, trying to figure out how to escape the truck stop part of it is... going to rescue the the Bible salesman who's yeah. like dying in the ditch which doesn't really end up having any sort of payoff like they finally get the kid then uh, I think all of that stuff is, is pretty uninteresting
1: well but I, th- I think it's a problem of in the first 20 minutes they set such a they do pace so, so that they can't keep up there's no way they could keep up I
0: love I love the part where the the kid is like riding his bike down like the the street, and he's just seeing all of the carnage that the machines have wrought, like somebody's crashed into a tree. There's the dog that has been killed by a, a little kid's remote control police car driving into its mouth. There's a lady, like, half hanging out her window with, like, a blow dryer in her hand. <laughs> uh, that part reminded me a lot of, of the part in The Happening where they, where they go <laughs> yeah. to like, in the suburbs, and there's just like all of the people dead but i i thought that that setup was great and there's so many things blowing up and getting knocked down in this movie the explosions
1: was, in this movie are
2: fantastic
1: i was They're blown excellent.
2: i was blown away pun intended uh, like yeah. yeah i was i was really staggered by the budget of this film and i know that stephen king was at you know, like a, a peak moment uh, oh, yeah. financially in his career, he had, he and he was very well proven time, by sure. the industry, but he wasn't proven by the film industry. And I, I'm just amazed that they gave a first time director, well known or not, that much of a budget. That just is very wacky to me and just seems incredibly irresponsible and it's great like yeah, it's yeah. it's excellent but wow that is just you would give that much money to this film for someone who hasn't directed it's, a, it it. it's, it's, a, a, it's Thank god for it once though. in like, a
1: lifetime flashpoint type of thing because i don't think any time before this or after this that would have happened in the same type of budget, mm-hmm. you right? Know, for any first time. I, oh yeah, it was during like, like Cannonball that. era. Like, it was well, yeah, it was, the, this peak, kind
2: of it was, was the peak era for
0: it. The mm-hmm. mid nineteen eighties when the entire film industry was fueled exclusively by cocaine. Yep. Like Stephen King was not the only person in the film industry who was just out of his mind all the time. Oh yeah, and a
2: lot of great stuff, you know, came out of that. Oh, like, totally you know, throwing these like large budgets at these nobody. And like
0: I said, like. Th- Thank God, thank God that this film had the budget that it did because. It may. It's what makes it so much fun. Yeah. Like it absolutely appeals to the five-year-old in me that just wants to build block houses and and smash my cars into them. Oh yeah, like, yeah. It, it works so, so well much. There's so much of that. The explosions are pulled off so well. Where the one truck is chasing the married couple and they they run it off the road and it expl. It's on fire before it goes <laughs> yeah. off the jump and then explodes in slow motion. Or when at the end, when the ice cream truck is coming at them and they shoot it, and it flips and explodes yeah. and like almost slides into the camera, I was just just hollering this, for all
2: of that. This movie has two modes. What? And whoa! <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Those are yeah, those are. The, it's, this one was very binary. You were either going like. What the fuck? Or, <laughs> oh,
1: oh, shit!
2: Sometimes both at the same, same time. time. Yeah. What? Like,
1: Whoa, uh, ah! <laughs> one of my favorite set pieces, they do it right at the beginning of the movie, but it's when the bridge starts raising yes. while all the cars are on it. <laughs> One of them is like a watermelon truck, so watermelons are flying everywhere just causing havoc. And just pulping like people are flying <laughs> through their windshields. It's fucking
0: hilarious. The the guy on his motorcycle falls off into the water, and then another
2: truck slides off into the water. Oh, and of course, all of this is while ACDC is playing. Holy who did, we do need to who talk did the about. entire score
1: of this right,
0: movie? Which, so
2: the opening credits are playing out and you're like, oh, shit, okay, they got an ACDC track for this. Neat. And, like, the opening scene is playing out, and then during the credits, like, while all this mayhem is going on, it says full score by, AC/D. music by like, ACDC. Oh, they're sticking around. See, okay. Oh, man. In
1: any other circumstances, I would hate that yes. ACDC scored the movie. But for this... It was it's perfect. perfect It's a match made in heaven It, is it really so is funny. It's funny You
2: know AC/DC is like It's your, your middle school Like first take on being bad You know And it's like You know that same feeling You were talking about Like being a kid And smashing trucks around It's like yeah we're playing metal Rock And it it has no like Deeper meaning than that Like musically Yeah and ACDC I love it.
0: was my entrance To hard
2: rock in middle school Of course like, It's
0: everybody Everybody's is. You know? It's just
2: It was It's perfect for that Like and that's a it encompasses the the entire feel of this film.
0: Yeah, the whole the whole thing is it, it it definitely has a youthfulness to it. They're very different films, but I enjoyed this movie for the same reason that I love Pacific Rim because yes. it's appealing to my inner child that wants to take my toys and smash them That's together actually and make explosions because sound.
1: I agree with the the comparison, but I think the reason I I get frustrated with Pacific Rim as there's too much characters. <laughs> I,
0: I, I can agree with
1: that. I can agree with that. I
0: think a lot of the characters are uninteresting and stupid, but like, so much of that movie is just big robot punch, big And monster. it's the best part of it. And I'm it, like, sure. yes, more, yeah. more, more. And that's how I exactly how I was feeling every time stuff was blowing up. Or at the end when all of the, the trucks just decide to wreck the, uh, the gas station like after they've all snuck out through the sewers so we just get like five minutes of just like trucks and like caterpillar bulldozers just like ramming into the gas station and like knocking over like the overhanging canopies above the pumps and then it all just explodes like three times <laughs> yes, it's awesome it's so good all one it's shot so too. excessive
1: and i love it uh one of the things i really love too is how they escalate things out of nowhere several times in this movie but one of my favorite is when we get the introduction to the trucks and them being a threat at the gas station right they're like
0: circling the gas station and like all sharks. of a sudden
1: the the owner of the building comes out of nowhere <laughs> Fucking pat hingle with with, his, <laughs> with a fucking Rocket launcher That has not Been established <laughs> Not at all This is
2: not Chekhov's rocket launcher At all It is no, it's Out of nowhere It was if not we, Hanging over uh, Hanging over the mantelpiece or anything It wasn't
0: like Propped up in his Office or anything We've never seen it Before We just see the Trucks driving around Cut to him Standing there With the rocket launcher <laughs> And just Fires it
2: And that was One of those What
0: oh Moments
2: <laughs> Now what I'll say Is like from a right Perspective, like bad form for not like having the box. I'm glad it is that way because it's way more fun to laugh in this at, case. Yeah, to react yeah, to, yeah. but like you know, like if you're actually look trying to look at this, uh, like from a writer's perspective, which is an exercise in futility, to be sure, but. Uh, then you'd want to establish, like, a crate in his, his office or, of course, or something yeah. like that. But what I will say is, from a world-building perspective, I totally buy it. It's we're way, in, we're way, in the South, right, yeah. it's the guy's going right. to have a rocket launcher well, or see, something they, in, in his bag. Like, I, justi- I buy it.
0: They justify it a few minutes after that when they go into the basement and they find that he has, like, a hundred-something guns. he's yeah, got a whole doomsday vault. Right, grenades yeah. Uh, yeah stuff he's... like that, yeah. So, like, they, they, they set it up after they've already introduced it, which I think is really fun. They just do it after the fact, and for this movie, I much prefer it that way because the reaction to him coming out with the rocket launcher is uh, there. There's nothing like that. Yeah, it's, it's you hilarious. can only you can only have it once. It can only be the first time you've seen the movie. you Can you get that level of surprise and delight? I loved that. Another thing that I want to talk about that I thought was really fucking funny. So they're they're holed up in the gas station. The trucks are circling. They figure out that it's the the comet or whatever that's calling this like, well, we just have to survive seven more days and the trucks will run out of gas before then. So, like, all we have to do is stay holed up here and we'll be fine. And then the trucks call in reinforcements (laughs) in the form of a single bulldozer and a little motorized cart. With, with a, a machine gun attached yeah, to with it, with a little turret on it. It's not even a turret. Yeah, it's it's a- literally, it's literally like a flat, a flat board <laughs> with wheels under it, a pole coming up out of it, and like a heavy machine gun. It's a bar, yeah, it's a bar <laughs>
2: yeah, yeah. sitting on top of it, and it's just like it's just on a swivel, yeah, which uh, brings up a huge point. We wouldn't have a motor in it. It wouldn't the well. There are <laughs> a, a good deal of. Sequences where we see things that are Non-motorized moving on their own Accord like sure. there's like you know like uh, like Valves being turned and yeah. other stuff Like yeah. where there's there's no motorization there No so, I don't uh, give a fuck though No yeah. no good I mean that's that's all That's all well and dandy
0: But I, I love that they call in reinforcements And it's just the bulldozer and that Dinky little thing that shows Up mows down Pat Hingle and a bunch of The other uh, rednecks in the truck Stop and then beeps to them in Morse code that we won't hurt you, but you have to fuel us up. <laughs> <laughs> we get a long montage of just miles miles and miles of Mac trucks lined up down the
1: road. My my favorite part of that shit was the justification they used to go with it. They're like, if they can call in a machine gun cart, they can easily call in a napalm muscle. Yeah, they can like, call they can call in a truck
0: to, to hose the place down with Naples palms, so we better do what they say. And we just get that long montage of them just all, like, once again set to ACDC. Uh, <laughs> Hell's Bells. Set to Hell's specifically. Bells specifically.
2: Bells, yeah. Just gassing up Mack trucks all Which day <laughs> is a really poor choice cuz like it's all like rockin and fun like DC's really uh, AC/DC's really good for that like jovial like we're rockin and like right. they're like slaving over these trucks and like refueling them and their hands are all blistered. Well right it's, that's like, the funny hey, thing hey, is, hey, that, hey, is
0: that is that at the end of the day you're totally right like it's supposed to be grim and dark but it's set to hells bells and then at the end of the day Emilio Estevez like stumbles inside and it's like he's acting like he's been like building the fucking pyramids or something that he's been doing like really hard manual labor for like hours he's like delirious his girlfriend is like dabbing at his brow with like a wet cloth he's got blisters all over his hands right and like he could have
2: just like cut to night or something and like let us see that he's been doing this for days but it feels like it's all done during the same day right it he feels like really he's just tell. been doing
0: as it. like it's like bro you've been you've been standing in the shade gassing up trucks all day like <laughs> sure it's it's a it's a shit menial job but like it's not like
1: slave labor <laughs> Yeah. Is it just me or does Emilio Estevez seem stoned in every scene of this movie? Oh yeah,
0: <laughs> I
2: mean, all the actors are probably getting. A little... I think
0: it's. I think it's pretty funny too that like they got a relatively tall woman to play his love interest, and like Emilio Estevez is already a manlet, mm-hmm. so like he just he looks so tiny compared to her. <laughs> oh yeah, but he he seems like completely like he seems like heroined out for. most of the movie to me. Like, he's he's one of the only ones who doesn't have, like, manic cocaine energy. Yeah. Like, Pat Hingle for sure oh, does. Oh, 100%! Pat Hingle is, like, is fucking jazz the fuck up, and so are most of the people. Weird film appearance from Yeardley Smith in this movie, who most of you probably know as the voice of Lisa Simpson. She is a character. <laughs> yeah, she
2: screams. Mo- most of her lines are screamed. Mo- all, yeah, almost uh, all of her much. lines so are you, screamed. You yeah, you'd have to really have a for it to 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 realize like
0: she has she has that manic cocaine energy too and it's like Emilio Estevez is just like he just like he just shot up in the in in like the (laughs) bathroom (laughs) (laughs) right oh that was so weird Emilio Estevez is such a weird choice for this movie yeah
2: um, Any other big points, or uh, do we want to move into the
0: book? If you have comparisons yeah. to the, the story that you want to bring up, I haven't read it. Yeah, so I, I haven't read it. There
2: think are a, a number uh, of sequences that, that occur the same way. Uh, the first big difference, let me preface by saying that I think that the novel, now, granted, it's been a long time since I've read it, so my opinions have likely changed. Sure. But when I read it, I was like a jaded high schooler kid, and I was actually kind of creeped out by the concept. Or, not the concept. I I recognize that the concept was goofy, but the execution was so good that it left me creeped out. That's
0: Stephen King's thing. That's what he's good at, is taking very mundane, kind of silly-seeming things and making them scary. Yes. That's
2: his his whole shtick. And Trucks does it quite well, from my My distant memory. The key factors that make the the short story legitimately work is that we receive zero backstory. Like, which the film takes a hard right turn on and displays the big title card explaining exactly what's gonna why all this stuff is gonna happen before it even does. Weird choice. When, again, the book, you never know why the trucks are coming alive. What their intent is. You're learning along with the characters. It's the same uh, sort of series of sequences. They get held up in a gas station because the trucks start, like, killing people mm. outside. They know full well that the trucks could just come in and kill them, but they're not. And there's, there's a period of time during the book where you're really on the edge of your seat. It's like, well, why aren't they killing them? They have some sort of purpose, and it's revealed that it's because they need them to refuel. Right. Uh, and so then they have them go out and do it. And the book does a good job of showing an elapsement of time, and the trucks don't allow them to take breaks. Or anything. And so I think somebody dies or something, you know, just from, like, having to go out and keep refueling, keep refueling, and they're not allowed to stop. And it's just the trucks. It's That's it. That's the only thing that comes alive. We don't know if it's paranormal or or what. But it's much better for it, you know, in that respect. And I, I, don't, I don't even remember how it ends. But I, I just remember like the the intensity of like the people like sitting in the gas station with like the the headlights you know focused on them.
0: Stephen King and, does suspense and, really well, and I can I can very much see that being in his wheelhouse.
1: If it if it's just trucks, I want to see a a reboot with a uh, Amazon self driving trucks. <laughs> Dude, <I'll, laughs> that would be in. the if they
0: similarly to the the Child's Play remake, if they <laughs> if they did that today, that would be the answer. Yeah, exactly. That would be the fucking answer. <laughs> You you brought up like having backstory for why this is all happening, and the movie addresses this in a very stupid way that I love. <laughs> And I want to I break that down. I think now's the good the good time oh, for yeah. it. There's a couple other things I want to go back and go over, but we'll backtrack. Sure. So while Emilio Estevez is resting from his hours slaving over fueling up these trucks and his girlfriend is, uh, is gently cooling his brow, uh, he has a very rambling monologue about, now Im- imagine that you as a group of aliens, right? And and you was trying to move to a new place, you know, kind of like you and me would move into a new house. But you get to the house, and everything's all dirty, and there's there's grease everywhere. So what do you do? You get a broom and you clean it up.
2: You know, you use a broom to clean up the grease. Right. Great metaphor. That's
0: that's what that's what's happening. They're just, they're just the bro the trucks. They're just the broom cleaning us up. And it's just like okay, okay, Emilio. Sure, <laughs> whatever. So he's, he's implying that, that the, the electronics coming to life are uh, paving the way for an alien invasion of the Earth. It's just addressing that scene and not brought up at all again until, until, the, until ver- the very end... end. When they, they escape, they make it to uh, the coast. They get on a sailboat with no motor and sail off and into the water. And we get another title card that just says, Two days after this, uh, a, U- a large UFO was shot down by a Russian weather satellite that happened to have a laser cannon and uh, marked
1: four nuclear <laughs> missiles.
0: <laughs> and that's, and then that's the end of the movie. Oh my
1: god, it's maybe one of my favorite Cards. Yeah, dude.
0: Like, how the fuck do you bury the lead that powerfully? (laughs) Like, holy shit. (laughs) (laughs) Just just at the very end to have a title card be like, it was aliens, and the Russian satellite shot him down. Okay? (laughs) Holy fuck, man. I lost
1: my mind. Uh, That was so goddamn good. It's just a perfectly over-the-top capstone to an already over-the-top movie.
2: Before the opening credits even finished, the movie had me thinking to myself... God damn, I took way too big of a bong rip before we started this movie. And then I remembered I was totally sober. Like, I was totally sober this entire film. I was just like, but it's me think like, whoa, the drugs really kicked in. Like, I'm not following this at all. Wait, no, I'm I'm completely here. The movie's not following itself. every because everybody
0: who was making this movie was on drugs for
1: you. Yeah, yeah. it was outrageous. <laughs> no, it, was, I, it was great. Like, if anyone ever asks me what the visual interpretation of cocaine is, I would point them
2: to the this, movie. Maximum this film, yeah. Maximum Overdrive is an allegory for cocaine.
0: <laughs> Honestly, I, I would narrow it down and get more specific and if somebody asked me for the visual representation of cocaine I would say a Mack truck with the Green Goblin's face and glowing red with eyes. With ACDC plastic. <laughs> <going> <laughs> yeah, <bread>. plastic ACDC, <laughs> which we haven't talked about at all, but that is sort of like the truck's ringleader. Yeah, it's yeah, like yeah, the yeah, of the Yeah, film. Is Is like a, a toy truck with with a giant green goblin face on the hood where the eyes light up the,
2: eyes the engine light revs. Up. what I, exactly did it say on the side it, here uh, comes a big load of joy or something Yeah, like yeah. here comes another load of joy oh yeah but there's there's a part
0: where like we're following emilio estevez as he's walking by it so it's kind of tracking down it and for a second all you can see is here comes another big load <laughs>
2: Of joy doesn't make it better. It does
0: <laughs> It doesn't.
2: You know, I, uh if there if there was ever something to say at your sexual peak, I think I think that's uh, here comes that's another, the worst. Here, here
0: comes another big <laughs> load, load of joy. joy. <laughs> yeah, enjoy uh, enjoy that while you say it, because after that you'll never get any ever again. ever again. God, oh, literally uh, the worst. But uh, I thought that d- the design of that truck was fantastic. Honestly, oh, I wish delightful. there was a little bit more from that truck. I think I, I think they could have taken it a little bit farther. Yeah,
2: well, they get to the boat and then suddenly the the truck being attacked true shinobi is just there that was fucking awesome i loved that and like they just turn around there's an 18 wheeler that they just didn't see and and the truck you like revs up and it's like oh shit it's coming for us and he gets the, the the rocket launcher out and he fires it at it and like the flames go around it and you think oh shit it's still coming and it stops and it blows up and I, I was like really hoping like oh yeah it's still gonna you know it's still gonna get them. Yeah. I do
0: I do want to acknowledge a little bit more of the setup for that because yeah, it is it's very even good. it's even more fun. We see them pull up at the docks like okay there's the boat and the shot is framed so out of focus in the foreground there's a car with like a woman's head sticking out of it like she's been like choked oh, yeah. by the window and her hand is hanging out of it and they're all moving towards the boat and one of the miscellaneous rednecks who's with them like stops the rednextras. The Rednext. Oh, red Rednextra. Good, good. Good yeah. one. Yeah, so one of the Rednextras stops, and he comes over to the car and it racks focus and you see that she's just got this comically large diamond ring on her hand and as he's starting to take the ring off of her finger the camera pans around to show the reverse and there's the truck right behind him (laughs) with the green goblin face which is such a fucking funny reveal because like there's no way they would not have noticed that truck getting there but then it just Turns on the lights come on and pulps the rednetra yeah.
2: oh uh, before they blow it up going back to the machine gun on wheels yeah the yeah. way that they deal with it is oh, one of the so most nonsensical <laughs> uh, moments uh, that just broke my brain <laughs> Why don't you describe it <laughs> yeah, then, please? So there, the, that's during the sequence where they're trying to refill the trucks, and the trucks aren't really allowing them to to have any breaks. And they're they're walking past it, and the machine gun is just swiveling, probably like someone with a with some fishing line off off camera is just like swiveling the sure. machine gun at them. The characters walk up to it, and one of the guys is like, "Hey, look, you, you we're just we're just going to take a break or something. You wouldn't understand, Mister Machine Gun." And you get the sense like it kind of wavers for a second that it's acknowledged what he said and then while they're well, still working, the,
0: it's proven that the the machines understand people yeah. when they talk to them the film we've is seen, well established seen that
2: multiple times they though, know yeah because yeah, like before that the the, the, the was like well we're not going to be able to fuel these pumps without the lights coming on or without having any electricity and then they, and the, lights the lights come, come on, on so, right. cool. so they can the film has understand. well established that they can understand them and the guy like the two guys like still next to the the turret uh, just say like, all right. Well, you, Mister Machine, you you wouldn't understand. You know, we're we're just uh, we're just gonna go and, and take a break or whatever. All right. Listen, friend, who I'm who I'm talking to while I'm still next to this machine that can hear me. We're gonna when I say run, we need to run, and I'm gonna like attack this thing right now. Well,
0: yeah, he just he, he just says at full volume when I say run, run, and it's like. The thing could still hear you. Yeah. And like,
2: there's a little bit more dialogue bouncing back after that. Like, there's still a moment and nothing. Like, the the machine does absolutely nothing. And it's like, I love it. And then then Emilio Estevez. Like, it establishes a a rule and then immediately breaks it. (laughs) And
0: Emilio Estevez pulls a grenade out of his pocket (laughs) and uh, pulls the pin and drops it onto the, the platform. And they run and it explodes. It's like the
2: easiest way they could have dealt with that. Yep. They clearly also established that the machine gun can't pivot, like, up and down at all. It can only, like, right, like it move horizontally. It can, it can
0: pivot, but it can't tilt.
2: So why didn't any of them just crawl up to it? <laughs> Correct. <laughs>
0: (laughs) And also that it has a a clearly limited ammo box attached to it Mm -hmm. that when it runs dry, it has no way of reloading because it's just a gun on a platform. (laughs) Um, Another one of the things that I I did really love is the uh, the hysterical waitress character who keeps running outside and screaming at the machines. You can't do this. We made you. (laughs) We made you. How could you have? How could you do this to the people who made you? And until she finally gets shot. Yeah.
2: The squibs like, are great. The squibs were great. Yeah. One, one weird thing. Is when they first establish the the machine gun and the the BAR just like starts like firing into all the people. Right, in the Pat Hinkle's time. the one that it kills first. first, and there are no squibs. You see the shot of it firing, and then it cuts and to it him cuts with red on his and shirt, he and he falls has, over. Yeah. Who's an established character, like well established character, and he just falls over, and that that's the last of him. We don't we don't see him on the ground afterwards they, they, or anything. He just falls behind the counter. That's it. Moving on, and then we get like several, like about three, like really good squib shots on the extras. On the they extras, he's the squib on the extras yeah it's like two 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 uh red extras and the waitress and like they have these fantastic squibs like like they have like like eight or so just like on their shirts there's blue, 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 blue like blood like spraying everywhere it's like why did they have that for like one of the lead guys
1: like i can probably tell you why that is from a production standpoint it's probably because they were shooting other scenes with him during that day so they didn't have time to squib him up, unlike the other ones. I they could probably see that. Took time to squib oh, him. Yeah. All they all he they had to up. do all
0: they would have had to do was change his shirt instead of setting him up yeah. with squibs and everything. And then, yeah, that's probably true. Still not a great excuse because then you just shoot his death last. You just yeah, squib, yeah. you just squib him up and and kill him like that. That would be the logical way to do it. But that that tracks. I think you're probably you're probably right. But, but the I, ones I, they do I, have
2: are great. They the, look
0: great. The squibs are great. The effects overall are are pretty fantastic. The
2: <gasps> except for the comet in the sky. The
0: the green <laughs> the green aurora in the sky looks pretty bad. Yeah, it's, it it's, it
2: doesn't just look bad. It's also like has horrible continuity. Anytime there are expository shots. Shots. We see sort of matted into the the blackness of the sky an aura borealis sort of effect. Yeah, there's a green haze that's supposed to be see, the trail which, of the comet, which
0: we see around the the Earth in the opening shot when they're talking about the comet. Like the green aura and appears.
2: It's pretty. It's a, a pretty bad effect, but we only ever see it like in the shots where it's easy for them to mat out, and you can you can see the sky. There's just like a, a large enough swath of the sky right. to fill if the it's, frame. If it's
0: too busy, they won't do it. Yeah,
2: so. The there are so many of the shots in the film, you get lots of sky, but because there's moving objects, there's like smoke in the air. There's there's no yeah. there's no effect in, yeah. at all, and it's just a black sky.
0: I I also really liked how uh a f- just a couple of times it's it's mostly towards the end, and it's just completely inconsistent when when they do and don't do it is when people are firing at it, and they have little orange like laser bolts for like the bullets like mm-hmm. hitting the trucks. Did you? Know- y'all notice that they only do it a couple of times like the number of times that these people like shoot at the trucks they do it a lot in the movie but every now and then there's like little orange like trails for the bullets and it looks really stupid Stupid. yeah they could be using tracer rounds but no 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 no, not these fucking rednecks yeah
1: there's a only a couple of really dumb effects. Those are the big ones. All of the practical effects are fantastic. I think those are it. Everything I, I think, else are great. I think the red green goblin eyes are a bit goofy. But oh, I, I didn't I it. didn't mind them as much that, as though. the other ones.
2: Yeah. We well, At least those are practical.
0: I like them because it's it's a fun kind of hokey. I mean, the aurora in the sky is inconsistent and it looks bad, but I thought it was fun. It's oh yeah, also fun and hundred. It's also fun and hokey, way. but like what I mean specifically is like all of the stunt work, the explosion. Explosions, the squibs, like you mentioned, the general like blood and gore stuff is is really well done. They destroy a lot they, of shit, and and the by be, by yeah. the end, they they straight up de- like completely destroy that gas station. Yeah, and like how many how many, like, Mack trucks do they, like, explode in this movie? Or like, crash look, into
2: stuff and...
0: I mean, crashing into stuff is some a little different, like, you can you can fix some of that, depending Yeah, like, some of the, the, the shots of
2: the trucks crashing into the walls, you could see, like, it you was can, fake, You can do those light, stunts
0: but... in ways that you can crash them in with very little damage to the actual truck, but I count, what, like, five or six 18-wheelers that they straight-up blow up in this movie? Yeah. Awesome.
2: Yeah, fantastic. Awesome. When this film is on, it is so much fun, and when this film is off, it is very fun to make fun of.
1: Yeah, yeah. Honestly,
0: I I just had a little bit of problem with some of the the downtime stuff where they like try to focus on the characters. It's like there's no character there. Just like fuck it, I don't give a shit. You know. Uh, I think that that's really the the movie's only down point for me is is those sequences in like the latter half because. Everything else is either legitimately great spectacle, or worm brain, or fucking hilarious incompetence. Yeah, exactly. Either, either or. It's so entertaining. I loved it. Yeah, same. Should we rate? Yeah, let's
1: just jump into rating. Then why don't you start? This was your pick. Yeah, yeah. So when I picked this, you know. I knew what we were getting into. I've seen it before, but I knew it was a lot of fun. And it may be a technically bad movie, but, you know, it's one of those movies where it's entertaining, very entertaining. And that makes up for a lot of the bad elements, whether it's the acting or anything else. So I have a lot of fun with this movie. It's peak Stephen King cocaine. Goddamn cocaine is a hell of a drug. I'm going to give it a 4 out of 5.
2: Cleveland. 4.5. Uh, really? Yeah. Uh, honestly, the only reason I'm not giving it a five is because I don't want that on record. <laughs> like, there were several moments of this film that had me, like, near infuriated, but it was so good. Like, it, there was such strong—it re- it got such a strong reaction out of me at those times where it was like, what the fuck? What is this? (laughs) Great. Like, I, and you know what? Good. I love a a film that does, that has the balls to like, just not give that much of a shit. Good on it. And yeah, no, those scenes are nonsense and garbage. And I loved it. Yeah. 4.5 for me.
0: Uh, yeah, I, I don't have much more to add to that. I'll just expand on what you were saying, Ben. This is maybe technically a bad movie, but it sure was not a bad time. Uh, it's going to be That's a, a four way to put it. It's, it's going to be a four out of five for me as well.
2: You know, it's, it's rare that a, a film with such a budget is so bad that it's good. Very often the, the a large budget can, can take that away. Mm-hmm. Uh, cause like Pacific Rim is still like, I think trying to be good. You know, like it yeah. knows what it is, but it's still trying. Uh, whereas it, this it film has a degree of self awareness, but it is still trying to be a good film. For yes, sure. And and this film like, it succeeds. Oh yeah, most part absolutely. Whereas yeah. this film succeeds because of the positive features and the explosions but also, also the it's, bad it, stuff the is, bad stuff is, is it's great. funny yeah. and that's that's uncommon I, I usually like when I'm making fun of dialogue sequences that are that bad it's because of like it's in lower budget films it's the room it's you know stuff like that
0: well I want on record that the person who did the most caterwauling about having to watch this movie rated <laughs> at the highest yep. <laughs> so <laughs> yeah uh, low expectations we have we have an <laughs> average rating of four point two out of five pods for maximum overdrive if you haven't seen it and you like explosions and things being knocked over and just general nonsense tomfoolery i could not recommend this
1: film yeah If I had a definition of a great midnight horror movie, it would be something holy like shit, this. man. Yeah, like because this movie I, will keep you fucking this, awake. This
0: movie made me wish I had a fucking case of hams next <laughs> to me or something. Like I wasn't drinking enough during this movie. I felt like
2: it drinks for this you. This was
0: this is a yeehaw motherfucker movie. Like <laughs> I, it it lives up to its
2: name. Yeah, yeah and that's you, what you, and you said Exactly
0: what you said at the end of the last episode, Ben. That the, that. <laughs> it is the the most aptly titled film ever and it <laughs> yes. and it fucking is like maximum overdrive is the perfect title fuck yeah check out this movie 4.2 out of 5 pods and uh i think on that note it's probably time for a word from our sponsor this week
2: yep we are we are in Deep waters, boys. We're we are in the waters of sponsorship. Why are we sailing in away? Deep waters. We're we're deep in the waters sailing away. Of sponsorship. We're we're swimming in money. Yep. <laughs> we're we're rocking in cash because we we are so sponsored. We have so many sponsors to choose from. You know, we just we're just the bells of the ball. And what do you do when you just can't decide which sponsor you want to go with? Well, you go with Parambits and Sons and Nephews Incorporated Sponsorship Guide. <laughs> if you're trying to find a sponsor, go with Parambits. They'll get, they'll cover every bit of the parameter. Parambits, sponsors, <laughs> sons, and nephews, incorporated. Get your sponsors and know why. <laughs> Thanks, Parambits. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Man, that was a great sponsor. Man, I sure am am
0: grateful for the support and sponsorship of great brands like Parambits. We here at The Pod People would be nothing without our fantastic sponsors. But, more importantly, we wouldn't be who we are without our listeners.
1: Before we close out, I do want I have do, two things I want to talk about really quick. Okay, okay. The first thing I want to talk about is the movie The Hunt getting canceled. Oh yeah, let let's do that. Good call. Um, so,
2: ba- this, what's in the news?
1: Uh, the Hunt was an upcoming Blumhouse horror movie scheduled to come out um, on my birthday this year. Yeah, essentially, it was kind of a redneck purge it was a bunch of rural people getting hunted by rich elites
2: as a matter of fact one of them in the trailer refers to them as the globalists yes Yikes. it was yeah it
1: seemed it seemed
0: like it was essentially um the Purge meets the most dangerous game.
2: What I it meets read, a Fever Dream of is, Alex Jones. Yeah. It was
1: originally supposed to be titled Red State versus Blue State. No yeah. shit, really? Yeah. That
0: I did not know. Whoa, I did. Yeah. I but uh, I I was reading that it did get canceled. Yes, um, it got
1: canceled because of. The recent or its I its believe. its theatrical
0: release was canceled. I imagine it will probably still be distributed. We might see we'll it. See. picked will We might see it picked up on VOD. I mean, they spent money on making the movie. I think it, they will release it somehow and somewhere. Um, they might... Uh, I did see that they might also just hold on to it and release it at... Not uncommon. At, at a time that is less... Good luck! Yeah,
2: <laughs> right. Uh, Good luck finding a time where you can get away with that.
0: Right. What I found really funny about it, though, and we won't go too deep into this because this is not a politics podcast nope and I'd like to keep it that way yes. but one of the other reasons that it got canceled is because there was all kind of argument on the internet about whether this was an uh, anti-conservative or anti-liberal film. (laughs) There were a lot of people saying that it was about conservatives hunting down the the poor working class, and there were people who were saying that it was about rabid liberals hunting down Trump supporters. So... (laughs) uh, god damn I want to see this movie now I really like before I thought it just looked kind of fun but now like I I want to see it
1: it's got
2: my curiosity yeah now like I i'm i'm just curious to see like how far they take it like how political they get or how much of it is is allegory how much of it is oh, it's is just i doubt you know, it's gonna be fucking the i doubt
0: it's gonna be all that political honestly yeah, i feel like people are just getting fucking it's just it's just a part of outrage culture like yeah. people people need something to be well, pissed off uh, yeah about. If,
2: if folks on both sides of the aisle are like finding you know ways to project their, their right you know uh their offenses onto it that's that's usually a sign that it's lukewarm <laughs> Honestly, right sure. and it probably I, doesn't have that much it, to say it also
0: it also puts a bad taste in my mouth that like in the wake of these fucking tragedies and mass shootings and stuff that like the industries that are suffering from it are the the film industry and the video game industry that like those are the things that are being targeted as like responsible
2: it's like right and it's like you, you look at like, video game and film distribution across nations as opposed to other things. It's like, oh, hey, everyone has those, but yet... It's a it's a weird scapegoat
1: that's been coming up more lately is like horror movies and video games cause violence. Which right,
0: which is it, it's fucking patently you hate to untrue. See it. Well, it's you do yeah, hate it, to see it, and I have I have no problem saying that too on on this our horror podcast. Like, yeah. I very much resent the idea that like horror movies and violent films and video games like make people violent because it's just it's just not fucking true like if anything that's the whole goal of our show is to watch horror movies and find joy in them and and have fun talking about them and i hope that people who listen to the show get the same thing out of it you know it's like we're never fucking up in here talking about like oh yeah These movies make me want to go out and kill somebody, and you should, too. If you like blood and gore, then you should... You should murder people
2: yeah well it's just folks who don't have an understanding of what suspension of disbelief is no the, no it's what, as simple as that it's like you haven't learned what a movie is no dude
0: it's it's worse than that it's people who know full goddamn well that that violent movies and video games have nothing to do with in-world violence but they'd rather make them a scapegoat than focusing on the things that actually do cause yeah. those problems that's what's more disgusting about it is it's not it's not based in ignorance it's Calculated. Yep. So well, if you
2: want to have a legitimate opinion on it, just look up third-party statistics. And there we
1: might, go. we might see it at some point if it ever comes out. If it gets distributed somewhere,
0: mm-hmm. like I want to cover it for sure. Uh, I want to
1: watch that movie. But the other thing I wanted to mention is one of the movies we predicted came out this weekend. Yee. Um, we don't have the full box office because it came out this weekend, and the weekend isn't over yet. Uh, at the time of recording this. So we don't have box office, but we do have Rotten Tomatoes score. So 47 meters down, uh, Uncaged uncaged came out. Let's see here. Tease, you predicted it would get a 10 on Rotten Tomatoes. Yikes. Cleave, you predicted it would get a 7 on Rotten Tomatoes. And I predicted it would get a twenty-six on record. If it gets to a nine,
2: I'm gonna be pissed. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I don't think it. I don't it's either. Currently sitting at a fifty. Wow! On Rotten
0: Tomatoes. So. Yeah,
1: I was cynical about that one.
2: I was. The pretty trailers cynical make about it look
0: kind of fun, actually. Exactly. Yeah. That's the I, thing, though. It has like an
2: underwater temple in it with sharks, and I'm I like, was, I'm here for that.
0: I was so cynical about it because Ben and I watched the first one, Which I last seen. year, and we thought it was so boring that we didn't even want to talk about it on the podcast. Like, wow, rough. That it was it was it was so unremarkable and lame that it that we would have had maybe like. 10%. 10 minutes worth of content to talk about it. So I was just like, oh, they're making another one? Fuck that. <laughs> but 50% is still not great. No, but it's, no, not, no. it's not seven. I, nope, it's not as bad as I thought it was. Alright, so uh that's a point for you, Ben. And we'll uh, have to wait and see what the box office is. Yeah, uh, well, we can we can do an updated Rotten Tomatoes when we check that next time. But I would be very surprised if uh, if it's gone below a ten at that by
1: that uh, point. Yeah, it, it probably won't. I think, won't I think that it's low. safe. I think it's safe to say um, that no matter what, you've probably I, won that. I one. will say for box office, Tease and I both predicted uh, twelve million. And you predicted Cleve 4 million. So we'll see how the chips That's going to be a
0: little bit closer, I think. Uh, is that everything? Yeah, that's everything I had to talk about. Well, gentle listeners, we thank you as always for listening. Next week, we'll be talking about another new film, the brand new uh, Ready or Not. Is that what it's called? Not Uh, starring
1: Margot Robbie.
0: Not starring, yeah, (laughs) starring not Margot Robbie. Uh, I have been getting nonstop Hulu ads for this movie for the last couple of weeks. Looks fun. It looks fun. We'll see. It kind of gives me a Your Next vibe but campier. Like it's like camp- Your me Clue Your Next vibes. meets Clue. Yeah. Yeah, Clue meets Your Yeah, that's a a, a good combination of the two I think. Uh, and we'll see if it lives up to that. So tune in next week for our thoughts on ready or not. Which is Rich Elites killing Rich Elites. That's right. So yeah. that's 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 something everybody safer, yeah. that's something everybody can get down with. <laughs> mhm. Uh, um <laughs> But uh, un- until then, if you like the show, if you enjoyed this episode or any of our other episodes, then we'd ask that you take a few minutes to leave us a five-star rating and a nice review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify or wherever else you listen to your podcasts. Uh, if you can rate and review, please do so. We would appreciate that. You can follow us on uh, Twitter at Pod People Pod. Um, I've tried to start doing some mini-reviews on the Twitter account for just shit that I watch that we don't talk about on the show trying to actually make our Twitter a little bit more interesting yeah. so uh, if you're if you're interested in that then follow us at Pod People Pod on Twitter and also check us out on Letterboxd at Pod People Pod um, you can find the entire list of all the films we've talked about on the show which is pretty extensive at this point we've been going for a while uh, and it also has our average ratings and the links to the episodes where we talk about those films so yeah check that out. Follow me on Twitter at Mr. Van Awesome. I'm retweeting slightly fewer Epstein related stuff. So,
2: <laughs> yay! <laughs> you can Politics. follow me at Mr. Sheets. You find me occasionally tweeting for uh, at LightArk Studio, but most importantly, you can find uh, our work uh, if you check out It Stares Back, our wonderful, wonderful strategy game and horror game that uh, we've been working on for the past few years now that's been out in early access for a minute. Uh, and if you really want to hang out with us, come and join our Discord. You can find it off of lightarcstudio.com. Uh, you There's find also links. a link
0: to that on the Light Arc Twitter. The Twitter. Uh well. it's on the yeah. Steam
2: page too. If you want to reach us, you absolutely can. And tell you what, if you join our Discord, pick a faction, and you let us know in the town square that uh, you found us through the podcast, I'll send you a free key to the stairs back. Hell yeah! Yeah, first person, first person to do it, just I'll, I'll one. Yeah, just the one. It's a contest. Hey guys, got to go. Big old contest here. <laughs> send you a free yeah. key to the game. So first person to join the Discord. You know, it mentions Pod people. I'll I'll send you a free key.
0: Fantastic. Great idea. We did just release a new update with our map editor. So uh, if you are one of those people who likes building RTS maps, if you did that in Warcraft or Starcraft or stuff like that, we have something similar. Simpler, but uh, you can make some really fantastic stuff on there and uh, that is available in the game. It stares back. Check that out. Thanks as always for listening. Until next time, I'm going to go bury my face in another mountain of cocaine and keep this party train rolling.